yeah, it's Mandy. Apparently, I want to draw all hatred toward myself because uh, we're going to talk about 9-11. I, I'm here, too. Dana. <laughs> Hello. Well, what I want to say about 9-11 is my favorite thing that came out of America, aside from killing the people responsible that helped, uh, which we're actually not sure of. You know, they threw Osama bin Laden in the ocean. Why can't we see what you did to him if he really died? Oh, sure. Yeah, right, right. It was kind of a, uh, we got him, we got him, but we can't really show you that we got him because we threw his body. I mean, of all people, wouldn't you want to see that person dead? We threw his body in the ocean. Yeah, I know, for real. I know what you're saying. One of the only people I would like to see dead would be Osama. It would be nice to see an image of that. Just give us a little bit of pr- more proof. Don't but say I just I tossed him in the so him so in the ocean. so Dana. If you ever kill me and just throw me into the ocean, will you just say wait? She went the way of uh, Osama. Um. Okay. Sure. Whatever. I'm not intending to kill you anytime soon. All right. Well, if you want to, please do. Okay. All right. So, I <laughs> people make fun <laughs> of me for saying um, and a. So, sorry about that. It doesn't I bother will me. I do try not to say those two trigger words for people. You know, it doesn't bother me at all. So, But that thing we just said is actually very... You probably never heard it before. Because I lived in Florida where two of the terrorists trained. The person that put in time with them because, you know, they can't be left alone... Just to fly around. Hey, you told me about this. There was a little training airport near where yeah, you lived. Yeah, he said they were not good at landing. Guess what? They didn't want to land. They didn't ever. need. They didn't need to be good at landing. Yeah, they didn't need that. Yeah, no, and we're not even trying to be punny. They're... No, listen, it it's a thing that really hurts me the most about growing up because when I was in high school, nine eleven happened, and no one around me seemed to be concerned at all except for me my teacher and like maybe two other people they all went to lunch and just ate and had a great time we were just sitting watching what had happened and absolutely i wasn't i was not clear on how graphic and nasty the way these people had to go so let's let's do this game if you will where were you when you know like people are like where "Where, were you where, where were you when the challenger exploded where were you when when JFK was shot, you know, so where were you when 9-11 happened? I was in my classroom in AP English literature. And what happened next? Everyone went to go eat lunch, but uh, two of m- m- me and two others and our teachers stayed back and said, this is probably important. I still wasn't sure at the time how horrible what they did was because... I always thought that, you know, Americans were probably the aggressors most of the time. Maybe that's why they hated us all the time. I don't know why they, of all people, would hate us. I would think that Native Americans would revolt first. Yeah, they'd have to sober up before they would hijack airplanes. They don't make fun of Natives. I'm not making fun of them. The, the reason I'm an Islamophobe is because of what I saw after, years later... What happened to those people? They had to choose between burning to death or jumping from so, thousands of feet up. Well, 1,400 feet, I believe. I would like to, if I could chime in just for a moment. We've known each other for just over a year, literally. No, um, I think it was like hmm? no, a little bit longer. 
No, we've, it's, it's like a year and two days now. And um, when we first met for the first two weeks of our conversational life, you continued to share all kinds of documentaries and uh, videos about 9-11 with me. So it was like a, a crash course in more than I never knew before. You didn't know anything that oh, I of said course, to you? Uh, you sent me a lot of things that I never considered because I was one of those Americans that just saw it as a terroristic act and, and we did all the right things by going to war with the people and... And justice was served when Obama was killed, or when Osama bin Laden was Osama bin Laden was killed. That I was that American. I was just the common American who saw it as an event, saw us going to war as justified, saw the end as justifying the means. So I'm not sure if you did the same thing, but um, oh, sorry, I said um again, and well, then I just did it again. I, um, <laughs> I did it again um, when I rewatched. Things that unfolded that day, uh, you know, just natural news events, like because Howard Stern was live on Sirius, and when it happened, he just stayed there. Everyone stayed put except for one guy. I think it was Benji. Benji who, went home. He said, "I'm going home. I gotta go. I'm afraid we're up in a high rise in New York." But really, who would want to attack Sirius XM? People get <laughs> enough hatred. All day, every day, on that Howard Stern channel. Sirius XM is not a terroristic target. No. Yeah, no. So I don't know why he was so afraid of that. Because he was probably in the most safe place you could be. Possibly. There were people outside running all about and confused, crying, screaming. So just stay where you are. Stay put, please. But that is one thing that they said wrong to people in the towers. On in the towers. Of, well, they said, stay where you are. You're secured. Before we carry on, you get to play the game back on me. Where was I? Where were you? Where was I? I was at work. Uh, I worked for a company. We built internet cabinets. And when the events began to unfold, a lot of us went down to the break room. There was a television there. And uh, it was on. And we began to watch what was happening. And, of course, we saw the smoldering fire. Uh, at that moment, it was only the North Tower that had been... And everyone assumed it was a helicopter or a Cessna. Right. And that and that was the speculations. In fact, what was on our TV was the end of the Today Show that, of course, continued to carry on. After, oh, well, they didn't have a choice, did they? Yeah. Yeah, they, they continued to carry on af- well after the, uh, the allotted time because here was news happening at the moment. And we had a boss who... And I don't think they did that for monetary gain. I think they did do think... They had to continue to tell everyone what was going it's news. on. News is happening. News is happening now. Let's keep going. So we had a boss who was all about production, and he came down to the cafeteria, found us all there watching. That's a similar story because... What I felt was historical, and a lot of us did, we wanted to see what was happening. And this man, uh, Frank, came down, and he's like, you all need to get back to work. This, this isn't important. Well, what do you think would be parallel with what happened that day, that horrible, horrible September 11th? Uh, maybe Vietnam every day, all day. What would be a parallel to it? Uh, uh, such a tragic thing. As far as an event of that magnitude, I think it set a precedent. I think people now compare things to nine eleven instead of the other way around. Because prior to that... That is true. Yeah, prior to that, there was nothing like it. I mean... We're not trying to garner any more hate because we do get comments. Uh, I'm sure... Hey, trolls, whatever. You just say what you want, okay? That's what we're doing exactly as well. Yeah, so today we're 
we're having a conversation with you, with us, Mandy and myself, about 9-11 and about things that uh, seem like hot points to us, that seem like important things to discuss. So, one of the most depressing things I've ever read is they compiled, it was called Stories of Grief, I believe it was mm. called, and it was just snippets from obituaries from 9-11, mm. and they just compiled them all into a book, and that wasn't a fun read, but it is important to know about these people that suffered at the hands of gross Muslims. Sorry about it. Don't like... I'm, I'm an Careful. Islamophobe. Yes, we know. We all know now. Yeah, you, sorry, I'm not sorry, though. Yeah, I mean, how do you respond to such a day when the predominant uh, aggressor that day was, unfortunately, people of Islamic persuasion? Oh, well, haven't they done a lot of other things bad? Well, yes, but that's not... That's not As well have Americans, yes. We're not going to say Americans gonna... are wonderful and we have a great history and running track record of being great, nice people. Yeah, I mean, our land that we live in to this day is... Stolen. Yeah, and we raped, pillaged, and destroyed an entire nation of people. And, and... I will tell anyone... Anytime, how sorry I feel that I identify anywhere in America, but I can't be in Scotland all the time, can I? That you can't. Well, I mean, we could move there. But anyway, um, the uh, the things that you began to share with me, I had never second-guessed the day. I'd never thought about aspects of the day, and you the shared... The two people... Can you name them? The ones that stand out the most as heroes on 9-11. Well, uh, Wells Crowther is somebody we both, you loved far before and I knew Eamon anything about And then Eamon McEnany. He was um, a very pretty charismatic, nice guy that got his teeth smashed out when he was doing uh, rugby. He was a rugby player. Yeah. And um, Wells was just... A good guy that was a volunteer firefighter who happened to just work on that day in that building, took care of so many people, helped them so much and stayed until the last minute he possibly could and then didn't get out. And that is so sad because have you seen how adorable Wells and Eamon are? Well, Wells, Wells, Wells is... And that doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't... It, adorable in the way of saying their souls were so caring. And they were handsome fellows, but... The point is, somebody like uh, Wells, um, he was uh, one of those angelic heroes that they... There are so many stories of people saying, if you want to know more about Wells, look up the story of the red bandana in 9-11, and you'll know everything you've ever needed to know. But it, Well, I'll just give a little synopsis. He always carried a red bandana because his father did the same. So what he did was put it over his face when there was smoke everywhere and trying to help people on the sky lobby. That was the 78th floor. 78th floor was the sky lobby. Where it was impacted a bit. I don't think that was the exact floor that was impacted. It was just so close. It hit above. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we're not giving facts. And I will say it again and again. You trolls can look up your own facts. We are just... Speaking to one another. We're friends. We're just like friends that would Please come together. Please don't get offended if we make some mistake. We're having a conversation. Join in. We're really nice people, so please don't be mean. We are really nice people, aren't we? 
<laughs> uh, don't laugh. I mean, I'm no, serious. We're is. nice. We're not going to be mean back to you if you're mean to us. Mm. What, what, do we have, what kind of reason, what energy do we have to be mean back to somebody? It's not necessary. Unnecessary expenditure of energy. So, so anyway, this red bandana man, our good, our good man, Wells. If was, I ever have a child, that will be the name. Wells. He would appear. He would appear out of or the smoke. Ra- well, his middle name was Ramy. Ramy. So I can't decide if I have a child. It has to be a boy because I want it. I, it. Sorry, I don't have kids. I don't know what how to say it. It's okay. If I have a child, have I would no like it to be of, a boy. And they have I have no preference of pronouns. I would like Ramy or Wells or Wells Ramy. I think Wells Ramy just has that. Is a beautiful sounding name. Um, but he was one of those angelic heroes. His face would appear out of the smoke and he would lead people to safety. And just when they would turn around to thank him, he was off back again. Going back. I can't leave. Running directly back into the fire to find more people. And he found a, a, a pocket of people who were in dire need and continued to return to that group of people. I would say, and please, again, we're not stating facts. We're stating how... We remember what happened. He was on the sky lobby and he kept returning to it because those people were waiting for elevators when the crash happened to yeah. that, that, that tower. Yeah, and the sky lobby was being consumed in, in fire and smoke and the fire was coming down through the ceiling. Uh, here's a warning. This is going to get graphic because of the one place I thought in the building that was the saddest thing. It was the top floor on... The restaurant. Everyone was trapped there. Windows, Nobody left. The restaurant was named Windows. Windows on the, on the world. world. Nobody got to go out. There was one last picture of the last person that left before anything bad happened. One photograph. I think it, it was so long ago. It might have just been one of those Coda. One, one of those little disposable. Yeah. Coda snaps. Yeah. But. No, it, it could have possibly been videos, but like I said, we're not stating facts. You can look them up yourself. Please do. We're not that I, I can interesting. Mandy and I have watched together and separately hundreds and hundreds of hours, and so the day has a reciprocal meaning to both of us. And So our memory and our concept of the day flows in and out of lots of information it flows in and out of being so sad you don't really want to think about it or recall certain things i the people trapped on windows on the world had mostly jumped those were most of the jumpers most of the jumpers in fact one of the most famous photographs no the falling man the falling man they retracted it the next day but it did come out and there's a whole documentary about it wonderful documentary and i don't mean wonderful like wow entertaining wonderful just enriching and to see how and paying remembrance paying remembrance to how bad that must have been for those people but the falling man has since been identified as a possible busboy from windows on the world oh well there are two ideas about it one has been confirmed. The family did identify the yeah. person. Because he was wearing some kind of orange undershirt under his costume for working. Under his work uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Well, costume, work uniform, he had whatever. The black, he had the black slacks and the white, uh, the white jacket that would indicate he, he was a window. He held employee. himself with such dignity as he fell down. Because... That's the last act of dignity you can do is behave yourself and just quietly go. 
And that's not a good thing to have to choose between smoke inhalation to death, fire, or jumping out of the tallest building in New York City. One of them. Well, they, at that time, the, the tallest building in New York City. I said one of them because there's two of them. Yeah, they're side by side. But I mean, yeah. Also, one, here's a, an opinion. Do you believe this? They should not have made a new Freedom Tower. That's another target now. Yeah. Make that into a memorial completely. Do not build a gigantic building to say, hey, look what we did. We're back again. No. No, no, no. Yeah, it's just a bait. Do you think it's a bait? You think it's them? You think it's kind of a bait to terrorists? Like, try, just try again. Go on. Just try again. I think hopefully that uh, somebody in the U.S. military has uh, made some kind of reason to watch that building always. Always. Because clearly nobody was looking out for it that day. Yeah. Even NORAD took too long to get there. They said scramble some jets. NORAD. Do you know what that means? That's the acronym. I know where NORAD is, yeah. That was... Next to where I lived in New York, NORAD is upstate. Yes, it is. But it's close enough to get there pretty quick. Should have been. And it wasn't. No, they didn't. They did not scramble fast enough. Um. Oh, I said it again, didn't I? It's okay. I'll try. I'll try to stop saying um or m. But I'm gonna finish up uh, on the the falling man, and then we can carry on. All right. Uh, as as his body fell, and as he slowly tumbled through the air there was a moment and the photographer himself didn't realize he captured this moment that in in the rotation of his body there was a moment where he was exactly perpendicular between both buildings Mm -hmm. literally dissected the buildings with his falling body and this is a horrible tragedy we're not trying to be funny silly about it this is something that i brought up tonight because we talked about it quite a lot and i don't think anyone remembers anymore no, it's one of those things that slowly fades away and it becomes almost mythology. It yeah. It becomes part of the American mythology. I don't really like that. Uh, so I'm going to keep saying uh and M, so just understand that. Mm. What would you say was the reason it happened? Because you remember the background story. It's just a conspiracy theory, and I'm not a 9-11 conspiracy theorist. I know the Muslims did it and they wanted to and they planned it for a long time. You can see what they did beforehand. They went and trained. To the evidence f- exists. To fly planes. To show. Yeah. But they... This was a plan. They said the owner of the building took out an extra insurance policy on the plaza before. Maybe right. only a few days, maybe a couple weeks. And there's, there's a few stories like that of people... Like, uh, there's a few stories of employers telling their employees... The day before that... Uh, I've never heard that. Tomorrow's an inventory day. You don't have to come in if you don't want to. Oh, I've that never kind. heard that one. Oh. But there were so, several day traders and night traders that had to be there anyway. They couldn't work from home like that. They no, had not to at be all. there. And not, not to mention the television employees and radio employees that worked in, That's the, really in the top of most floors. Because they were in the very top. And they continued to do their job to the end. A lot of... Uh, Things have been said, and this is actual fact because I've watched several documentaries about it. Uh, the There was a division between a group of people trying to get out 
But then they said, let's just go up to the, the, the roof so someone can rescue us. No, that wasn't going to happen. Those roof doors were locked. All the access doors were locked. I believe that was some kind of security feature. Yeah. And even so, it was said by one of the rescue uh, helicopters, you, you couldn't land there anyway because there was so much smoke. You couldn't see anything, could you? Yeah, there was no way to know th- how to land there. The, 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 the smoke was acrid to black and impossible to see through. Oh, and that's another dark thing. Please turn off if you're under 18 and if you don't want to hear something dismal and dark. The last recording was a phone call by the man who said it's acrid. We're young men. We're not ready to die. He was not that young. He's no, maybe he, 40. You can tell by his voice that the man speaking is not young, but he's in a room with younger men and younger businessmen. He men. said, we're young men. We're not ready to die. We're not ready to die. We need somebody to get up here. We're on the 110th floor, North Tower. No, there's no so, 110th floor. Or, yeah, 105th floor, right? Wasn't it 105? I thought it was in the 90s, but I, I again, we're not factual people right they now. Were, they were in one of the top topper We're disturbed floors. people by what happened, but we're not going to give you every single fact. You can really look it up for yourself. They were, we've done all the research and want to forget it, but we're yet talking about it because I do believe that people should remember that. They were in one of the toppermost Before floors. Before attacking a veteran for killing anyone in the Middle East, remember what happened. Mm. Please. Amen. Amen to that. So these these gentlemen were in a toppermost floor conference room, trapped, and this man makes this 911 call, and the 911 operator encourages him to stay on the line so that she can tell him that rescue is on the way, even though it really wasn't. It really well, wasn't. Well, she believed it was. Yeah, it just was It not. just wasn't close enough. And uh, while this while this conversation is happening, the building begins to rumble, and you hear the man scream, and he's like, "The, the last word you hear from nine eleven victim is oh god." And and you can you can hear the rumble, and then it, it's a cutout. And at that moment, if you're watching, everything stops. If you were watching TV at that moment, you saw that that's the very very moment. I don't the believe building. they put that on television. You have to look it up. No, well, I'm just saying on the timeline when his phone conversation cut out. That was the moment that the building caved in that was the last word you heard from anyone that survived it except there were a couple people that were dug out after but i wouldn't say that's the same tower i'm not sure which is which because they're both identical except for one had that radio had the, the yeah. giant radio array uh, uh it, it's not fun to talk about but i do think this is very important if you have a, a kid that's old enough to listen to something like this Probably, please remind them, if you're going to attack a veteran or a military person, they went and killed the people that would love to kill us again and again and again and again. And I don't understand. They're so far away. Can't they just mind their own? No, they, we're, we're their greatest enemy. We're the great Satan. Why? They want to do hurt to us. Why wouldn't they just want to like hurt uh I don't know. Uh, what What's a shitty state or country? <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. This, yeah, don't don't go that direction. Um, but no, I, that's a different podcast altogether um, to discuss why they want to do hurt to us. Yeah, just go to Germany and take them out. Come on. They're the only people that went to the war with the world like three times. Three times. Why don't you Why don't you hate them more? What did we do to them? Did we steal their God? No. We believe in God, not 
fucking Mohammed. Hey, no. Sorry. Lady. All right, take it back, Alaire. All right, I'll take it back. Well, I'm sorry, you don't have to. Take sorry, Mohammed. I'm sure you're a wonderful character. <sighs> well, okay then. Um, <laughs> I no, it's not a thing to laugh at. People do get annoyed when I laugh at serious things we're talking about, but. I'm sure, yeah. Mohammed, you're a wonderful character. And you always probably were, weren't you? So there's interesting things that always come out after major stories happen. There's always the sub-stories and, and the the heroic stories and the interesting things. Uh, a great documentary, Miracle and Stairwell B, is, is something to watch about miraculous things. But something that uh, interests both Maddie and myself uh, have uh, an affinity for the supernatural. And there are stories of people who predicted their deaths. Okay, so the book, if you're interested in cracking a book open once uh, for something meaningful, it's called Messages, and it's messages from people who predicted their death or visited their loved ones after. And it's quite interesting how many of them did do that. Yeah. How, how many predicted And we're that? not trying to be kooks saying, oh, yes, ghosts are so real. Nope, I think I've always, like, well, a lot of times if something bad was about to happen to me, I could tell it would. I just waited for it to happen. And that's what most of these people did. They went to work. They left their family. They knew something bad might happen. A lot of people miraculously didn't go to work on time that day. Yeah. And a lot of the people that predicted their deaths were feeling it weeks ahead of time. They acted sorlorn. Is that a good word to use? Yeah. Sorlorn and a little distant, a little bit more concerned about being around their family before they knew something bad might happen. And they knew something bad might happen. They just didn't know what it would be. Also, you can never catch me working in a sky rise. I don't like heights. Yeah, I don't really want to work in anything higher than 10 stories if possible. You know, just why would you need to work that high up? <laughs> but, um, got it. Um, even, even the men who are our heroes had a premonition that, that they were going to die soon or that day. Their family members, I'm sure maybe hardly anybody has read this book. It's by Bonnie McEnany. Bonnie McEnany. Eamon's husband. Mm. Or wife, I'm sorry. It just makes me nervous to talk about it because I feel so bad for her. And just anyone around this horrible thing. But she said that he acted funny. And he said something like, I know I'm ready to go. I'm okay now. How ominous is that? I've never said anything like that to you, even though sometimes I do feel very depressed. Yeah, I know. I know. And even that morning, <clears throat> she could tell that he was out of sorts. And she said, you know, honey, you could stay home if you want. We we could go do something together today. We could. You don't have to go to work today. And he's like, no, no. No, there, there's something important was happening, and he felt that he needed to be there. And and uh, he said, I'm I'm going to go in. I'm going to go in today. So not to make anyone mad again, we're saying we don't, we're not paranormal kooks, although I do believe in people that love you and have been close to you for a very long time, can stay with you. A lot of people have said they found strange things, like birds, 
butterflies, and coins. And it's all different for everybody else. And Bonnie's motivation for writing the book was she saw... A big blue heron in the cold. In a place where it didn't belong at a time it didn't belong. And then the second event that happened to her was... uh, And she believed it was a communication directly from... She saw him. Eamon. That the the wind coming across the yard... It blew up her skirt when she said, Eamon, where are you? Yeah, there was a singular wind. And it was just... It was a still day, she said, and... She her was, skirt just kind of was played with by the wind. It wasn't something perverted or anything like no, that. It was just blowing her, her around. Dis- her description, which gave me the chills, was she literally saw this singular breeze. Snake, come through a tree. Snake across. Yeah, come down a tree and snake through. The, she saw the grass move with this breeze coming toward her. And then it swirled around her body and, and lifted her dress. Which is not something away. you can uh, forget when it's a still day and all of a sudden. And I'm not saying that weird because it's really windy here sometimes and sometimes it's very still but that particular moment she screamed out to ask where he was Eamon where are you Eamon and this breeze happened as an answer to her question as an answer to her query this snaking breeze came across the yard playfully lifted her dress went around her body and back up through a tree and then it was still again and she only deeply believes that that was a direct answer to her crying out her one question that she had so with with the visions and the things that she saw in this moment of this breach she's like i wonder if other people are having experiences like this i wonder if other people she compiled all of these stories and she was one of the weirdest she started to ask and people did have stories one of the weirdest ones was i believe okay do not quote me on this it was a woman so i can tell you that for a fact but she was on one of the planes that crashed and after she had died passed away on 9-11 someone looked through her belongings I guess that's what everyone does when someone has gone they want to know like yeah yeah they want to be closer to the person even though they're not there anymore what can we find what can we see about this person she life? wrote a note she thought was funny that she was having a martini and there were terrorists driving her plane so it was a plane Terrace in front, and she was just in the window sipping on a martini. And this happened a long time before when she died. I think she would have. I, I, well, you know, everyone's gonna hate me if I don't give you actual facts, but I believe she was a flight attendant that was just traveling. Yeah, I agree. That's I, you're telling the truth. I know the story enough. And she, uh, she was not working, she was just that day happened to be going somewhere yeah because uh oh that's a really weird thing a lot of people say the lack of evidence about anyone dying that day are you serious are you joking it was all just a hoax it was just camera play you can literally see people dying Oh yeah, the, again, we're, neither of us are conspiracy theorists, but the conspiracy theories find their ways into oh, the facts. Oh, they make me so mad. Because little shreds of evidence that survive, people say, well, how did that survive when nothing else did and nobody did? Well, sometimes, if you get in a car crash, some things in your car survive. They don't burn up and just go away. Because one uh, ID was found, and it was actually a lady that lived next to me in Florida. We went to the same DMV. I, I, 
her name. Sure, there's 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 uh, there's amazing, interesting, and wild stories. And you're right. Not everything explodes in an explosion. Things All right, are let's, left let's behind. Let's go. Let's go smoke. Oh, we're gonna go. Yeah. Okay. You wanna have a cigarette? Yeah. Sure. No, you're not. <laughs> he doesn't smoke. I do. She smokes. I don't. Though, I have had a puff or two or three. But, um. No, we all. Not everything gets consumed when there's an explosion. Not everything burns up in a fire. No, Interesting things, things get left are behind. Blasted far, far away. Well, the story of the attaché case that got blown out a window, and a man found it in the street, and then actually found the man that it belonged to because he was escaping from the building, and he, no, it was a woman. It was or, a woman. Oh, you're right. You're right. It was her briefcase that she left behind. Yeah, and it got blown out a window. Uh huh. And it landed probably a few blocks away. Yep, and someone, fa- a man, found the the briefcase. Returned it to her, and now they're long friends. Yeah, yeah. So, very interesting stories of that nature. So, if anybody wants to say, "Well, this wouldn't have been left behind," or that, you can't say that. You can't say that. You and really you can't cannot. Know that. Did you? If you look at certain facts about saying this didn't happen, that didn't survive, this didn't survive, that's fake and staged. Did you see all the paperwork that was just flying around Brooklyn all the way to New Jersey and Manhattan everywhere? Yes. It went all the way to New Jersey, across. <laughs> across the river, all the way to New Jersey. And, uh, you know, in, a, in an ironic and kind of humorous way, it looked like uh, the, the aftermath of a giant ticker tape parade, just it, paper it, everywhere. It, a lot of people that didn't hear the explosion thought something weird was happening and there, there was some kind of celebration or something around... Because of all the paper. Some of it was singed. Some was not. Yeah, some was just paper that literally got blown out of the, the filing cabinets when, when... Because if you think about it, that entire complex was mostly air and paper. And things that would burn easily or be blown away. Which is something... Um, lends, it lends to another, I guess, not, a, not necessarily a conspiracy theory, but... Of course, the, the uh, does jet fuel melt steel beams? That's um, one thing we talked about so much. But with all of the wood products and paper... And carpet. In the confined spaces where the fire was limited to, would have created a giant stoking furnace. All that... It was heat. a lot of chemical things in the carpet. I'm sure it wasn't like genuine cotton or anything. And it was paper probably... Is, and paper is wood. And so with the hole in the building... Well, thanks for telling me that. Thank you. Well, no, I mean, people don't consider it, you know, there's wool as paper. No, it's wood. It is wood, and it burns as hot as wood. And so with the hole in the building and the amount of paper products and desks... The toxic chemicals were probably out of the charts because a lot of those desks were not wood. They were probably a little bit Souter plastic. furniture, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And so the those top floors became a, a, a stoking furnace. They became hot enough to bend steel. They, those top floors became hot enough to create what's known as uh, tensile pliability. The steel oh. literally began to bend. And well, you can see it if you watch the actual things they showed. They did try to keep away from the people jumping out. But they do show the first moment where that one beam, you can see it, it's sparking on the corner. Yeah, and it's molten. You can see the, the molt coming out of the building, pouring out of the building. And anyone who thinks it was a controlled demolition, I think you're probably really wrong. Uh, the people that did survive said the building swayed and corrected itself. 
It you didn't can, explode, oh. explode, and explode again. No, there was a, a lot of and fire a video, and jet fuel. There's a video where you can see the top floor begin to tip and then catch itself. It's remarkable. Very strange. Very uh, What's his name? I think his name is Stanley. Oh, I'm not going to... I, I won't claim the name. There was two men that met each other on that day and said the building swayed. They thought the building was going to fall over when the first thing hit. And... It corrected itself, and then he was a little bit confused about what to do about it, because I think he was in the second one that got hit. I'm, I, I'm not gonna give you facts, okay? Just look it up. <laughs> Just look it up. Get as interested as we are. There's so much to know about nine eleven. So much to know. And then, conspiracy theorists say. It was controlled demolition. Look what happened to that other building. What was it? WT7? It it was a smaller building, but it had a lot of things inside of it that were guarded until the building fell because there was money and gold bars and things like that inside. Yeah, it was a a building full of rich materials. But uh, yeah, so conspiracy theorists like to point out that the way some of the beams sheared... uh, the ways the angle it well dana dana here is a steel worker he knows exactly what uh steel can 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 contend with as far as fire flames any kind of fuel that is igniting it and does jet fuel melt steel beams in the right conditions yes in in the event of what i was talking about earlier a stoking furnace Mm -hmm. in the event of like uh I mean, if you think about ancient blacksmithery, they're simply using wood and a bellows to create a fire hot enough to make steel and iron and and metal malleable. And so with those top floors becoming a stoking furnace, it was able to create a malleable event. The immense heat on top would have brought it down anyway. I don't care if you think I'm, I'm being stupid. I don't care because... If you watch the events that happened and you have any kind of a mind, that was heavy when it became so weak. We're talking about raw tonnage folding in on itself. Yeah, this this it was amazing amounts of weight and pressure and heat and bending and the fact that every floor was a pocket of air. So when that air gave out and those floors collapsed onto each other, it's that much more weight on top of that much more weight. It was it pancaked like a controlled demolition, yes. But I do the things people say were explosions after the planes hit, those were pockets of air leaving the building because people were smashing windows open to get air. And as floors collapsed and pockets of air popped out, it was literally the sheer weight. One very sad photo is the people stacked on top of each other just trying to get some air after they smashed windows. So disturbing. Um Mm -hmm. Chill, chill inducing. There's one really bad one. So again, tune out if you don't want to hear this. But there was a guy, seemed to be by himself in his office. And he was waving a shirt out the window he broke. Then it looked like he kind of found some kind of contraption to get down. He fell. Yeah, nothing long enough from where he was at would have helped him get down. And he fell. He fell off of, I don't know, it looked like. Perhaps he had a... Maybe like the 40th floor, 50th, I don't know. Yeah, not okay. He fell. He fell. 
we, I was always rooting for that guy because I thought, oh, well, he figured out some kind of way. Because if, if you want to ever work in a high rise like that, please just buy yourself a parachute. I, maybe that would have worked. Yeah, a squirrel suit, a parachute, whatever you need to, to be able to jump out of the window and make it to the ground, or at least to a neighboring building. Because they're not going to rescue you from the top of the World Trade Center, even now today. If there's that much smoke, there's no possible way to make it a safe way to get out. Absolutely not. But the people were afraid because below them there was a pocket of flames, but someone got through it and said, look, here's the way. And they were like, no. No, we're going up. Yeah, right, right. And then uh, what are some other... We're we're, uh, running short on time. But I guess if we want to talk about a couple of interesting positive stories, is the man that literally kicked through a wall and found a way out. No, it was the guy who... They were stuck in an elevator, and the only thing he had was a squeegee to punch through and get out. Yeah, and so he punched through. That squeegee, I believe, is in the Memorial Museum. Museum. In the yeah the the underground museum now in the plaza. I'm sorry, but they should have just planted some trees. I I love what they did with the waterfall the giant area waterfall with everyone's name on it, but they should not have built a gigantic building saying, "Hey, look, we're back." No. Go ahead, try again. Just build underground. Yeah, it would have been better served as a memorial plaza altogether. There was no need for this new. No, uh, New York has enough money around, so they and enough really buildings, didn't... enough tall buildings. Um, what was another? Oh, another miraculously positive story, as I touched on it earlier when we were talking, is the miracle in stairwell B. The people that survived the collapse somehow. That literally, yeah, there. In one spot. One spot, one corner of the building. There's another one. Do you remember I told you about it? It was the Marriott, I believe. Hotel. The hotel nearby. Yes, and it did have substantial damage. It was evacuated right away, but a lot of people got stuck there because they were working, and they didn't want to just leave the place unattended. But they survived in a pocket as well, just a small area. So many miracles that day, many curious things happened. Uh, Of course, the conspiracy theories abound, but when we come right down to... The brass tacks, if you will. Um, 9-11 was a horrific day. Uh, One thing I hate is Condoleezza Rice. I hope she's dying right now or something. She smiled the entire way through the 9-11 commission. Smiled when there were people just sitting there that lost people. She didn't lose shit that day. Not a thing. Nothing important to her anyway. Yeah, what would be important to that kind of person? I don't know. Yeah, but she smiled the whole time. Every time they were asking her questions don't. or she was making statements. She seemed like... Okay, it's called duper's delight. You know, we've heard of this before. Yes. It's when you grin in a situation where you know you did something wrong or ignored something you knew was going to happen bad. Or you did something really bad. And I do... She was accused of ignoring memos about their terrorists about to attack... But she was like, ah, I don't know. But I'll, I'll look into it probably maybe sometime. Right. And again, part of another conspiracy theory is Wait, that- what was her position? Wasn't she the... Uh, what was she? She was just an evil person? But <laughs> she, she had some kind of stupid job title. 
didn't do it correctly. Boy, oh boy, I'm showing my ignorance as an American. I forget what... She was the... Wasn't she the chairman of justice or something, something like that? I don't know. I mean, it's Somebody's all, gonna let us it's know. It's different in every country, somebody's, what it's called. Somebody's going to tell us what Condoleezza Rice's job was in the comments below. Well, her job was to ignore horrible things that were about to happen. And smile about tragedy. Yeah. Just grin in the face of people who are seriously asking you why... I'm not sure. <laughs> no, never got that memo. It's proven she got a memo about it. Terrorists seeking to attack immediately. Oh, yeah, that's been proven. That's not a conspiracy theory anymore. There's, that's hard evidence. There are receipts. She did indeed receive a memo. Hey, Condi, if you're listening to this, fuck you. And on that note... um yeah. I don't know. Uh, Perhaps it's a good time to... Uh, yeah. Get anything yeah. else you want to in, in interject? Anything else you want to... Yes. Uh, the people that fought back is a miraculous story. Even though what they did... Flight 93. They, they knew they probably weren't going to land safely. But what they did do is save a lot of other people from being smashed. Precisely what they did do is they got up out of their seats and... no, Not knowing... So... so I think an important quick factoid is to realize that everyone involved in the events that day had no idea what was happening. One interesting thing I would bring up before we have to go is my favorite first crush was Anthony Perkins from Psycho. He was clearly gay, but he had a wife and she died on 9-11 almost one year after he died. Okay. Barry Berenson, she was a model. Uh, I don't exactly know what happened to her, which flight it was. Maybe flight 11, I don't... Wait, wasn't there... There was a flight 11. Yes. Wow, how fitting for that day. But uh, I got very upset when I was in one of the airports after 9-11, probably like seven or eight years I didn't realize they flew out of Portland, Maine. So when they checked me in security, I got very angry. I said, you want to keep looking? Should I just take off my clothes in front of everybody and you can just check me? What do I look like to you? I'm an angry Scottish redhead person. Is this? Well, maybe that's what they were assuming. Yeah, anyone could be a terrorist, right? Sure, and especially a redheaded, angry Scottish woman, apparently. I was like, yeah, please keep doing this. This is so fun. I'm really glad that you're holding up the line by checking me. They wanted some. They wanted to know if I had something in my laptop, I remember. So I was like, here you go. It's a piece of shit. Go on, look. look. Yeah, go ahead. Open the files. Find what you need to find. No, they didn't even check files or anything. I even tried to turn it on. They wanted to see if anything was inside of it. Oh, really? No, that's that's why they make you do that now. Yeah, yeah. And they x-ray everything. Oh, yeah, they x-ray your whole body. If you don't want to do it, you have to go through, like, a complete search with hands and yeah, personal the, touching. Uh, <clears throat> flying here, I had to, to do that, and they made me take my belt off. And you know very well that none of my clothes fit so well anymore because I've lost lots of weight. And so I'm standing in Not this... Not in your feet. I'm standing in this chamber. Thank you. 
I'm standing in this chamber and I'm supposed to hold my arms out while this scanner rotates around my body. And I am standing in this thing in front of everyone who the people that are next and the people that have already gone through. And while I'm standing in this chamber, of course, my pants fall down because I don't have the belt. They made me take the belt out because it had a metal buckle. And so, yeah, this this is the face of... Why would you wear a metal buckle when you know good goddamn well you have to go through security? Buckles are... I have to wear a belt because... Just tie a rope around your waist. Well, I use a a cinch belt. You know what's really funny? They didn't search your feet. I mean, you could smuggle anything in that. Yeah, you accused me of smuggling mice in my shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you feel them dead, smashing around? (laughs) Yes. So... I guess... Okay, no one's going to be in on that one. We wanted to have this conversation because we don't want 9-11 to pass into the Americana mythology. It was an, an important day. What else would you say? Would you... Um, I'm going to ask you again. What would you say would maybe be the next closest thing to an American tragedy, aside from a slaughtering Native Americans? I don't know. I don't think there's anything to compare... Nine eleven too. I don't know that there's anything. I mean, as an act of war, the only thing D-Day remotely comparable is the British invasion. Oh, those Brits didn't stand a fucking chance. I don't chance. mean the Beatles. I don't mean the Beatles. Um, we left you, England, for a reason. We don't want any of that. <laughs> I'm sure it's really fun to have uh, some weird queen that doesn't really have any kind of, like, power. Yeah, she's, she's, just, she's a- just there and paid. You are paying an old lady to sit around, drink tea and cocktails all day. Good job. Hey, she's got the life. See, Donald Trump earned it himself. He just, he, I don't know where he got his money, but he had it first. The queen didn't. She was born into royalty. Yeah, she was next. She was next and she got the money. My favorite thing about anywhere around UK is definitely Scotland. I told I said I said the other day, I said I'd pick Scotland over England any day, you British poofs. <laughs> Someone well, laughed, but I don't think anyone else received it well. God love you. Yeah. Not everybody can be a perfect Scot. It's alright. Oh, name a perfect Scott, because I can't. Um, Even my favorite Scott, William Reed, is a fuck-up. Alan Tudyk. I don't know. Perfect Scott. Um, well, anyway, we're, we're beginning to rabbit trail. Yeah. So we should probably fold up. All right, bye-bye, guys. All right, talk to you later. Bye-bye-bye. Bye. Bye.